In today's episode of the Amman Wire podcast. We need to even evaluate our transformation when we read and connect with the with the Quran. The Sahaba, subhanAllah, they used to hear Prophet Muhammad وسلم, reciting the ayat. And they will not, and we hear so many times that they do not memorize the ayat unless they contemplate, understand, and implement that's the contemplation. That's the way that as persons, we have to uh, try to approach it and try to implement it. Each one of us is unique and each one of us will connect with the Quran in a unique way. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the Iman Wire podcast. Uh, I am here um, uh, stepping on behalf of uh, Muhammad Salim, our uh, Iman Wire guru. <laughs> uh, my name is Gaydar, and uh, joining me is Arfan. Uh, assalamu alaikum, Arfan. Hey, assalamu How are you doing, Gaydar? Alhamdulillah. Thank you, everyone, for being here and listening uh, to this podcast. We appreciate all the feedback uh, that has been going on in the past few months, and uh, we uh, encourage you to please continue supporting this podcast and to um, you know give us some more feedback on how to make this better and um, at uh, this special episode or with this special episode of the podcast we are very pleased to, to welcome a very distinguished uh, you know guest speaker and, and, and teacher uh, who we consider one of the founding members of Al Medina as well with her presence with us uh, throughout the years uh, uh, Sheikha and Dr. Zainab Alwani welcome Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair. Thank uh, how you are you been? How's the family? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. How are you? It's good to have you, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. We're all uh, well, uh, especially that we're having you here on this special podcast. So alhamdulillah, it's going to be uh, a great, um, you know, uh, interaction, I, I uh, you know, imagine. And uh, delving right into it, uh, I guess I'm going to piggyback off of our fans, uh, you know, talented uh, interjections. But uh, we have a special topic uh, today, right? Yeah, definitely. So through our conversations, uh, Dr. Zainab, as you know, uh, we've had a lot of focus on the idea of uh, what is a miracle. And when we talk about the Quran, and we often wonder as people who are non-Arabic speakers, but I think also as just contemporary Muslims of non-Arab or Arab background, why is the Quran considered a miracle? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wassalamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyina wa habibina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli. Jazakumullah khair for this kind of conversation and this important topic. The, I, w- I would like to start with the, uh, the concept I- itself as the yeah, miracle. Def- yeah, what, definitely. What does it what mean? Miracle, <laughs> what yeah. does it, this mean? Yeah. Um, I will use the Lisan al-Quran. Uh, Lisan al-Quran, the tongue of the Quran. The tongue of the Quran, it means the divine language of the Quran. So when uh, you say miracles, um, if I uh, can give you a homework uh, just to find uh, the word mu'jiza in the Quran. Well, I'm always taking notes now. Uh, yeah, take notes. Uh, uh, in fact, the uh, subhanAllah, the Quran use the concept ayah and not mu'jiza. And the meaning of ayah 
in this. It's mentioned in the Quran in three different concepts and different uh, uh, function of the ayah. Ayah, as we all know, is the ayah of the Quran, the verse of the Quran. And uh, the other meaning of ayah, it's the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his creation. And the third meaning is the ayah, the miracles that the prophets and messengers uh, came uh, with to prove their uh, the, the truth. And the, the, they are, of course, as they come as the revelation, uh, as the messengers of God. And in this case... The miracle itself, as mu'jizah, if we translate it into Arabic, is not mentioned in the same meaning in the Qur'an. Rather, it's ayah. And maybe you would ask, what does it mean in this? What, what is the difference between saying miracles as mu'jizah uh, or using the definition, the Qur'anic definition of ayah? It's, I think, it's uh, connected in a way but it's the big difference between the two. Ayah, when you say it's mu'jizah or miracle of uh, of the prophets and messengers, and the Quran is ayah itself from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that uh, the verse of the Quran, to understand the verse of the Quran, to understand the verses of the Quran, you need to understand the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the signs. So you use the signs of creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that tafsir or understanding the verses of the Quran. And when we say the verses or the ayat, the miracles of the prophets, all the miracles of the prophets also connected with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the final miracle or the final ayah, which is the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here uh, and, and listen to this. Usually the miracles or the ayat of the uh, previous prophets and messengers, people will witness that miracle, right? So it's not something that it's uh, uh, unseen. No, it's for people in their presence, they will witness that miracle. Yeah, to have that experience, essentially. Right. And in this case, when they believe in it, they believe it's with all their senses, their intellectual or whatever, because in this case, they witness it. But the Quran is different. And it came as a final message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the final ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that final ayah is for generations until the day of, of judgment. So it's not that to witness a specific uh, 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 miracle, but in fact, it's for all of us to read the ayah, the verses of the Quran with the creation of Allah. Now, the humanity is capable to understand and contemplate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. In this case, this is the miracle. Do you, do you understand? So the miracle is that human being, through their faculty, given God-given faculties, are able to experience a miracle. And that when we hear about miracles done by the prophets, is to witness that our forefathers in humanity had this experience. And then when we read the Quran as a text, not just as a verse, but as a, as a sign, we are also uh, in, invited to look upon God's creation, the natural world, the teleological arguments, if you will, 
that all point to the central premise of the Quran, which is the the soulness of God's divinity, that he is the unique Lord of all the, the creation. And now you are qualified to read the Quran and the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creation. And in this case, you will understand the miracles of the prophets. So this may dive into something a little bit different, but sometimes we hear about um, the qualification to read the Quran, but that's not that should not be misunderstood by laity in terms of their qualification to interpret the Quran. Because I think sometimes, um, you know, we've talked to some other scholars about context and the issue of literalism and how should common people maybe avoid uh, those troubling aspects that can occur when reading a text like the Quran um, without proper understanding of the context of that revelation itself. Uh, this is also very um Excellent. is an excellent uh, question. Uh, I think from the beginning, uh, the Qur'an is for all of us. It's for humanity. And, and when uh, we understand this, so you cannot control it. And you say you can't read the Qur'an because you have no knowledge. You can't read the Qur'an because you are not Muslim. You, you can't... You, you, this is a book, and that's why it's sent as a book. And you know also... There is another use for that divine uh, language. The Quran itself defines itself. It was not left for anyone else to define it, not even the prophet. And each name and attributes, and uh, for example, so many of our scholars before, they said maybe it has 34, 35 names or attributes. And then we found out that it's, there are so more, more than 55 or 60 attributes. Each one, it guides the reader. And that names or attributes of the Quran, if you use hudan, guidance, it means it will guide, the Quran itself guides the readers. Now, you come to the intention. The intention, you have the scholars who they work to understand, to derive rulings, to derive answers for a community, for people. And you have the other side, that personal connection with the Quran or personal reading. With it. And in this case, we have to differentiate between the two. In a way, it, it doesn't mean that you are not a reader. You are a reader. But the main thing is for that, the, the scholarly level, you have to, of course, study and you have other means and volumes and volumes of books to study and understand. Right. So this is for the scholars. Right. How about, uh, the, um, the, uh, you and I as, as, as readers of the Quran? The Quran said, It means, this is a question here. Don't they contemplate the Quran, ponder, understand, and then connect this, that kind of contemplation with the hearts? And not any hearts, but locks of the hearts. It means if you are not capable to contemplate and ponder the Quran and understand this, that heart will be locked. Locked from what? Locked from the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
lacked from khushu. And that's why even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, most of the time when we use the word khushu or khasha'in, we use it with the limited knowledge about, uh, it's only in the, in the, in our salah, in our prayers that you concentrate, you, uh, focus. And then, of course, in this case, you are building that relationship with Allah. But the reality, khushu is bigger than that. Part of the result, the outcomes of contemplating the Quran as individuals is to be that khasha, to be that person who really connects with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for the personal level, we have to contemplate the Quran. So that gets us to the, like one of my other questions is that we oftentimes are hearing stories of the Sahabas, people who are part of that early community who would simply hear the Quran and then that would transform their oh, lives. Okay. That would be good. something that would, you know, set them on a different path in their exactly. life. Exactly. How exactly. then do we as readers, as you mentioned yes. very eloquently, how do we as readers then, how should we understand the stories first? Why? What was it about the eloquence of the of the language and the miracle of the Quran itself, or the ayat of the Quran mm. itself? Um, mm. And then more importantly, what are the lessons that we can derive to actually do it ourselves in some sense, you know, as a personal reading, right. connect that way? First is the heart. Let's work with the heart. So the heart is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah. He said, نَزَّلَهُ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ so for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that the the Quran was revealed on his heart. So we start with the heart, purifying that heart. And what what does it mean to purify your heart? We start with the the uh, uh, you know when we we say taqwa to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa taala. This is the step that we have to always pay attention to our heart. Are we aware when we do this, when we say this, when we act this way? Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart? Do we watch this? Do we, uh, are we aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us? So when we reach the level that the heart is alive, is purified, the purification, it comes from different things. Sins in every way that we have, whether in uh, with our faculties, what do you hear? What do you see? What do you watch? How do you say? Which words you are using in your context when you deal with your children, with yourself, with your spouse? All kinds of things, it affects the heart. What you hear affects the heart. What kind of music do you hear? What kind of, of, of lectures do you hear? All this, the faculties that we have, we have to have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart. At that time, when you contemplate, that's when it comes to the intention. What do you want to, um, how, we need to even evaluate our transformation when we read and connect with the, with the Quran. And that's what it was with the Sahaba. The Sahaba, subhanAllah, they used to hear Prophet Muhammad sallallahu reciting the ayat. And they will not, and we hear so many times that they do not memorize the ayat unless they contemplate, understand, and implement as action. And then they come back to memorize it. That's the contemplation. That's the way that as persons, we have to 
uh, try to approach it and try to implement it. And it, at this time, it will be that transformation. So do you think that there's like cultural, in some sense also legal uh, practices that Muslims do? Like let's say during the month of Ramadan, people take a, a more interest in reading the Quran. Mm, um, in mm. finishing the Quran, maybe. Mm, mm. And maybe That's the focus right. isn't really about thinking yes, about the Quran. Yes, yes. It's about every day I got to get to this point so that I, by this day, I'm done. Or I have to go to Tarawih prayer yes, and hear this. Yes, yeah. um, in some parts of the world, I know they do something called, uh, I think in South Asian culture, they call it like Shabina. Mm, yes, yes, yeah, I heard this. In one. three nights, yes. they read the whole Quran. And the Bosnian, they call it something else. I yeah. found out that's that this is also part of the culture. Yeah, yes. but it's also like a guilt complex because people uh, will feel I was obligated during Ramadan. I couldn't make it every night. So I missed some of it. Mm. I missed yeah. some of those verses being recited. So mm. as a makeup, they've created this extra practice, which is fine in the sense of a personal practice. Yes. You know, Qiyam al But I think it gets to a, a problem where we are people who are reading without thinking. Yes. Right. Yes. So what are the tips you would give the average reader to be more thoughtful, more mindful when they're interacting with the Quran? Um, I, I would say, um, subhanAllah, first of all, uh, really what you mentioned is very good. We need that transformation as individuals, families, and culture. The transformation, it comes, it starts with the individual. But with the individual, the tips, some of the, the tips that we start, as I said, yeah, we have to be from the beginning. We start with that tawbah, tawbah, repentance, and repentance for all of us. It's part of it. Allah subhanahu wa taala subhanallah describe the way and the structure of this repentance, and you start talking to Allah subhanahu wa taala, asking Him, make dua. Pray maybe two rak'ahs every day. Try to make sure this is something that I'm coming to you. I'm repenting to you. Please guide me. So with this, you start working on, I will read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to build that relationship with the book, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah in the book, what, what is the book? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to us. And, and, and when we read any book, any book, we try to comprehend. And then we, we try to understand this. So I will not ask you to be scholars and, and try your best to give me a tafsir at the end of your uh, reading the Quran. But when you read, you start with that pure, with the intention. I'm purifying myself. The prayer and the salah, it means not only the salah, but we, I have to purify my tongue, my mind, my intellects, my heart in every way. And we all know how to do this because we are surrounding the noise that we have around us. We can shut it down. And I suggest to my so many of, of my, uh, even my sons, my children, myself, is so many times we need to shut down a little bit that Facebook and the media, the social media, at least have one hour, less than an hour, maybe just uh, 30 minutes to have this for the Quran, for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is for, for us. Second, you have to have, it's good to have a notebook for your reflections. Uh, 
So you read after Fajr, for example. You have the notebook, read only five ayat, not more than five, with the translations, by the way. It's not only in Arabic, but the translation. And then think about the ayat, listen to them while you are driving. Listen to the same ayat in Arabic. And then when you come back, try to write anything, any ideas, any thoughts, any questions that you had after that. When you go back, you read it with your family, with your children, with your spouses, and then discuss it. And don't tell me that children maybe will not understand this. No, they will. And they will surprise you with so many ideas. Make projects with your children about the ayat. Even if you choose Surah Al-Asr or Qul Allahu Ahad, you will be amazed what the children will come up with. So just a few tips. Yeah, subhanAllah, I for these tips. Um, and uh, I was just following along when you mentioned, um, you, know, uh, you know, especially when you started by mentioning uh, the ayah, it seems that it was a you know a result that the locks in our hearts or the un, or the locked hearts were actually a result uh, you know the the is the result of the locks yes right but then you mentioned when you read uh, the Quran when you read any book you should think about it or you should kind of try to understand what's going on. Uh, only that uh, coming back to the ceremonial approach of the Quran and mm. that oh Ramadan and like the Ramadan is the month of the Quran mm-hmm. so that it's like in Ramadan and then outside salam alaikum and then uh, <laughs> I wanted to mention you know um, if that's the case it seems that we have some societal or or or, or cultural uh, locks that mm. are created you know somehow that makes the approach to the Quran uh, you know somewhat very ceremonial so much so mm. that when I open the Quran to read it is the only exception mm. that I read it without even attempting to contemplate uh, it's, a transa- it's a transactional thing um, every harf I read I get a hasana yay and that's about it at the end of the day I open the Quran it, terms, it seems to me that I am only reading without even you know, without without even trying to, you know, uh, engage my intellect. So my question to you is, well, it seems that there's an anomaly here, especially for Muslims out there, that even with the concept that when whenever you open any book, there is some sort of, you know, uh, attempt to comprehend here, it's like an automatic shut off. We're just trying to get the hasanat and move on. So are there... Any psychological, you know, instigations that you can probably give us or kind of to break through the, you know, the glass of, you know, uh, of, I guess, complacency or, or anything? Because these, these, you know, tips that you just mentioned are really great. But that first kind of, you know, I guess, injection or infusion of uh, mm-hmm. new blood mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. something that I need, at least for me. And I... I'm willing to assume that there's a lot like me out there. Yeah. So, uh, so do you have any kind of, you know, different ways of thinking about my approach? Uh, would you recommend, uh, you know, some different psychological approach or uh, maybe a, a different intention, uh, you know, behind approaching the Quran? You know, um, uh, every year in January, before January, December, that people they have what. A, 
What do they New they Year say? resolutions? Uh-huh. <laughs> so maybe that's what it starts with uh, mm-hmm. Ramadan, at least, if for Muslims to use it. Because l- let's be honest with ourselves. What is the state of the ummah today? We're in shambles, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have so many hafaz, by the way. Right. We have all around, even contemplating the Quran. Now, mashallah, you hear the Dabur al-Quran and all this. And still, we are at the same state. Right. We're divided, right? right. What else? Give me three three mm-hmm. things that you describe. Yes. O- only three negatives? Uh, only three. <laughs> only three. Okay. Uh, go. Yes. Yeah, you're describe about, that yeah, state. Yeah. Yes. So I think like if you look at the Muslim society, not just uh, overseas, but in America, you're right. There's division, uh-huh. lack of leadership, uh-huh. lack of commitment from... Um, average participant in a mosque. Okay. You know, most people are not paying members of a mosque yes. and yet want all the services that a mosque right. would give them whenever they need them. Right. So we have a problem there. How about our ethics? Akhlaq. Yeah. What? B- business ethics yeah. are lacking. Uh-huh. So, I mean, even if it comes to Uber, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry, yeah. Muhammad, I'm going to pick someone else to be my, mm-hmm. like my driver because uh-huh. I don't want the awkward conversation, uh-huh. nor do I want this like Mm-hmm. idea that I need to give you a five-star rating, you, you didn't provide me with five-star service. Okay. So, you know, I think... Backbiting, domestic violence, yeah. all kinds yeah. of things. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we, we share it with all the others and even, mashallah, now we're ahead of them Yeah, on I mean, this. if you look at, like, okay. you know, that's a great issue. I know, like, you know, I know we've talked about this in the past, but, yeah, look at the situation with the Muslim family. Ah. And then you have uh, a, a problem there where people are disconnected from that reality and you have probably in certain circles within the community, likely those middle class, up, so upper can, middle class. Can I ask you another question? Yeah. So in this case, um, in Surah Al-Furqan, there is a very uh, profound and, and strong ayah when the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu is saying, uh, Ya Rabbi, inna qawmi takhadu hadha al-Qur'ana mahjura. Mm. And mahjur here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And Qawmi, most of the Mufassirin, they mm-hmm. would use it Quraysh or mm-hmm. the other. But in, in this case, it seems any. like mm-hmm. the followers also of Prophet right. Muhammad sallallahu when we abandon the Quran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Hijra, use the word Hijra, when you abandon some place because you are not satisfied mm-hmm. with what they, the, that thing or that country or that book is giving you so you are not satisfied enough and that's why you migrated to something else and that's what we are doing mm. so because the quran we use it is a tool of uh, collecting hasanat maybe mm-hmm. uh, or that's part of it or something it says just for blessings mm-hmm. uh, when we are tr- in trouble maybe you open the quran and you try to find the ayah that yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. see what kind of culture that right. we establish right. Yeah, Which this is idea the, uh, that you can make a life decision just by opening a verse. Yes, or in the in marriage, yeah. wedding, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. like they you open, they, they open, yeah. and then we ended up dancing after yeah. that, yeah. or yeah. we're doing some well, other well, things. The time of so, so. plan is done now. It's yes, like, uh, yeah, feast yeah. time and yeah. dancing time. Yeah, so. let's enjoy yeah. or death. Uh, <laughs> death. Right. Oh, yes, of course we read the Quran and some, but would, uh, this would not transform a community nor individuals or families. Mm -hmm. So in this kind of psychological uh, transformation, Prophet Muhammad, let's compare ourselves to the first uh, community and the teachings of Prophet Muhammad itself. As, as, As we all know, 
that we, we will start with the intention that for me, for this year, 2018 to 2019, mm-hmm. I will try to connect and build my relationship with the Quran along with my family. You have to have support, uh, support group. And this is Wal Asr, Inna al Insana lafi Khusr, Illa al Ladina Amanu wa Amilu Salihat. And do what? Tawasaw bil Haq wa Tawasaw bil Sabr. If we use Surah Al Asr as our uh, guidance for this, mm-hmm. and we try to build this, because as individuals today, it's, it's very difficult for us. So let's have that with our family to have the intention to make the Qur'an. It's not about how many ayat you, you read. It's not about how many surahs we finish. But if we use Surah Al-Asr as a beginning, as a transformation for ourselves as individuals, so it means tawasaw bil and If I do something, if I backbite, and my husband is sitting and listening to me, or my son is listening to me, without and intervening. Then, without saying, mom, you have to stop, it means this is, we are violating what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. So if we just take this one surah and, and try to uh, really contemplate in a way that what does it mean? If I lie, if I don't do my responsibility as a teacher, mm-hmm. if I'm not that, when I take that responsibility as a speaker, as a teacher, as a mother, as a father, as a driver or whoever, it means um, really violating the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so this is, uh, I can read from your presentation that this is what you mean by hijrah. Yes. Ya Rabbi, inna it doesn't mean that they did not open the Quran and read it in Ramadan. No. It no. means that they did not abide by the principles exactly. that were there. Because, right. because they were like, you know, even in when we, like, by the way, Azidukum min al baytan, you know, I mean, even when we as a community read this, you know, uh, this ayah, it's, it's even amazing to me like how some uh you know contemplate about it you know mm. it's like uh, you know uh, i'm not sure Arfan, if you watch the movies uh there, there's a movie called there will be blood it's a major oscar winning movie yeah. where daniel uh daniel Dane viewed the, the, yeah he was like i abandoned my child mm. and he was in the church you uh-huh. know, and he was this whole thing was an act yes so yes. i abandoned my quran yes you know, and, yeah. Then, yeah, and then they would be like just judged that you know and then and at the end of the day it was just something just to kind of make us feel better. Exactly. Make us feel, you know, somewhat, you know, oh, Ya Rabbi, this is my superficial tale, yes. but please accept, yes. you know, so, and therefore we yes. just keep layering on right. top of layers exactly. and layers of this. So I guess exactly. I wanted just to, you know, praise that point of that you that you brought, Barakallah Fiki, oh, yeah. but at the same time, you know, uh, try to encourage others to kind of, let's call ourselves out, yes. you know, honestly, yes. you know, yes. let's just move beyond this, yes. you know, superficial ceremonial exactly. at death or at weddings or whatever, or even in, even in Ramadan, the right. most sacred month of the Quran, That's you know, right. so, yes. uh, you know, do you have, uh, you know, uh, I noticed that mashallah, you have some work and I'm looking at your uh, book. I, I hope it's going to be translated soon. Al-Usra fi Maqasid Sharia, you know, and we, and uh, Dr. Alwani speaks about, uh, you know, all these cases, uh, you know, uh, of problems uh, mm-hmm. in, in marriages, I believe. And, um, you know, uh, beyond the usra, beyond, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I'm hoping we're going to talk about this, you know, later, but uh, beyond the family, mm-hmm. do you have anything uh, that we can kind of instigate through the Quran to be some sort of a, 
I guess, an activity. You know, mm. you mentioned something about sitting with the family, right. you know, uh, trying maybe a surat al-asr or a small qisar yeah. al-suwar or yes, anything. Yes. But do you, can can I do something with my friends maybe? Yes. Can yes, I do something yes. in the masjid? What kind yes. of ideas do yes. you uh, think we should do yeah. about it's that? It's a, uh, you, you can use also, it's like, uh, not support just a group, but also uh, the maybe, I don't know, uh, journey with the Quran. And that journey with the Quran, you have friends, partners, mm-hmm. uh, and you have also family. Right. And in this case, uh, in this, in this case, that you have your partner. You say, okay, let's have agreement, the agreement that we will read. Um, and by the way, even the time, that's what we say, well, asr mm-hmm. by the time. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah, the time also it affects our reading and contemplation because so many times that when you read after fajr, if you are not in uh, rushing to work or something and you sit only for five or 10 minutes uh, at that time and you have your notebook after you finish the ayah, the verses, you read different, use different translations with your friends, with your families. But then when you really try to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you ask the Quran, you say, tell me. Oh, Quran, tell me. And uh, subhanAllah, there is uh, something uh, uh, Sheikh Sha'rawi mentioned about Hassan al-Basri. Um, Hassan al- no, I think Ja'far al-Sadiq. Ja'far al-Sadiq, whenever someone will ask him, will say, the Quran tells me this. Do you, do you know the difference between mm, oh. the Quran says? He personalized it. Uh, yeah. So in this case, you, the Quran speaks to you as individual, as Irfan, as Zainab, as, as Gaidar. So we are here, uh, know that we are responsible because we are the readers. Mm. He's not, most of the time what we say and what we uh, try emotionally and psychologically uh, explain, this is for the kuffar, this is mm. not for us, mm. this is for hypocrites. Right. Who says we are not hypocrites? Right, exactly. Who says this? Mm. And, and in this case, that's what it teaches us, that kind of resp- personal, individual, familial, communal responsibility. So you do not try to push that responsibility towards someone else or blame someone else. We are a a community today of blame someone else, Mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are not taking really that serious actions as a community. Well said. I think that's an amazing point to end on. Dr. Zainab, I thought that was an amazing a discourse. Right, yeah. I want to really thank you for making time you. and speaking to us on this right, really important you. topic. Oh, yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah, we'll have you again. One, one last nugget, which is like a, at the end of the uh, this uh, podcast, Barakallah, Vicky, what's your favorite translation? Because uh, we're going to get uh, this question. Oh, now we're going to get Sooner or later. Uh, it's just like you're, you're, you're most f- familiar when you, when you kind of reference the translation. Okay, I have to be uh, very honest with you. Cut and paste. <laughs> Yeah. Because so many of, um, I like Abdul Halim's uh, translation. It's simple, uh, Muhammad Abdul Halim. Um, but so many times I like also Muhammad Asad's translation. Yes. And sometimes Yusuf Ali comes with some ayat. And what I noticed, and this is something for the translators, because translators are also readers and mufassir, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you can see so so many times with that translation of some of the ayat, also the the spiritual, the emotional, the intellectual integration of that person when they translate certain ayat. You can see that person that um, appears with that um, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try to, and you can feel it. You are not reading it only, but you can feel the, the, the emotions of that person and that spiritual level of that translator. So it's not a personal, it's not a one selection, it's more no. of an array. Exactly, you know, exactly. From, a flower from every garden. Or, yes, okay. yeah, and, and this is the limitation of humanity. Of course. And we have to accept this. So you cannot say, this tafsir is the best, mm-hmm. or that tafsir, or mm-hmm. this. And that's why contemplating or... Um, that type of personal connection with the Qur'an means a lot mm. because each one of us is unique and each one of us will connect with the Qur'an in a unique way. This can go on and on, but for yeah, the limitation could. of time that we have, we would like to uh, say Jazakillah khair and may Allah inshallah bless you and bless your efforts. And uh, with that, uh, we will uh, end this quick uh, podcast uh, for us um, today. And uh, please follow us on uh, almadinainstitute.org and imanwire. And uh, please subscribe and share and please leave us uh, your comments and ratings. Uh, those things matter. And uh, those things actually uh, advance us to uh, help more uh, produce uh, more uh, podcast episodes, inshallah, in the near future. So with that being said, uh, one more time, Jazakillah uh, khair, Dr. Uh, Zainab, inshallah, we'll see you in, uh, we'll talk to you in future episodes. Barakallah fiqh arfan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Stay with us for a few minutes of bonus material from the Iman Wire podcast. Every word of the Quran is a concept, is a miracle by itself, is ayah, right? Even the ayah, we say ayah means a few words, but even the word itself is a concept. So I would ask you a question. What would you like to explore in the Quran? Which word? Choose one word, any word. Do you want me just to mention a word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Al-Haq. Right. Mm. The truth, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. What else? Uh, zakaha. Zakaha. Mm. Excellent. Mm. MashaAllah. I'm going to go with so easy, like something like Rahma. Rahma is mm. easy? Because there's so many. Oh. It's not easy, but in a sense uh. that I think it's such a dominant okay. concept. It's like a sahl al Yes, yes, yes. There's so many ways in which the Allah describes Rahma. Uh-huh. Okay. And Gives that like description to other people or things, and so al hikmah, al hikmah, very good. Uh-huh. Okay, so each word after you try to trace it all over the Quran, because that's the wahda binaiya of the Quran, and al wahda binaiya is that the structure unity of the Quran Mm. and in this case of course this is also connected with the universe by the way and with the ayah itself is that the the stars Mm -hmm. are all uh, subhanallah in a beautiful place that it's all connected and it has that unity it's the same with the Quran Mm -hmm. so the words of the Quran each word and you will find for example you say rahmah Mm -hmm. you will find Mm rahmah in in every Subhanallah, the words will be moving from one ayah to another, and it has its own function 
that related to that ayah, which is maybe sometimes either will give you action to do or maybe philosophical understanding mm -hmm. or maybe spiritual understanding. And in this case, your next homework, after you find the rahmah or haq or hikmah, in, in the Quran, within the Quran, you have to, you yourself, to find the action that you should take after you find your word. It means what? If you are saying about mercy, rahmah, mm -hmm. you have to practice mercy and practice mercy through the Quran. See what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, uh, he's the Rahman al-Rahim, but he said the womb of the mother is rahmah and raham. Mm -hmm. And Prophet Muhammad So how do you become as Irfan that person as Rahim and practicing Rahmah? I think you would have to then look at those examples and then see how you can incorporate the principles behind those descriptions of the Quran into your daily interactions with your fellow human beings, obviously within the family dynamic, which at times the uh, could be challenging, I guess, for both spouses and children. I, I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. Backbiting. Mm -hmm. How do you see backbiting in that in light of rahmah? It's in violation of that core principle because you would not say that in front of that person. Moreover, your intention in sending it could be to slander someone, to change some people's viewpoint of that person. Exactly. Um, and those of you know, who are listeners in the workplace, obviously there's a lot of... Uh, you know, the water cooler talk yes. or the discussions you have behind closed doors yes. that oftentimes then results in people changing their, their views of the competency of your coworkers. Yeah. And as Muslims, we should be at a higher principle than doing that. Do you see this? Yeah. Do you, see, do, do you see the word, the miracle of that one word? It changes and transforms the person and, and your attitude, your way, your actions, how would how to answer and how to respond to different things. So backbiting would not be part of your action at fan because you are practicing mercy. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think also just, you know, there's another thing, you just thinking about it, I remember a lesson that was learned from one of my teachers. Uh, he used to make us do like, I wouldn't say manual labor, but to volunteer. So when there's snowstorms, to shovel. <clears throat> and there was a neighbor that had a, some issues with their garden, and it was just not kept well, and they were old, older. So he asked some of the students after the Quran class, the Tasir class that we were doing, to go out. Yes. And, um, you know, he, the way he would hold uh, these thorny rose bushes as we were pruning them, uh, he would say, the, the, you would say that, yeah, that's right. He goes, with everything, exactly. there's mercy in the way Allah created this. Yes. So there should be mercy in the way that we handle yes. this yes. and the way that we dispose it. Exactly. Nothing was rushed. You will be in love with everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. MashaAllah. And you will see the rocks, the mountains, the trees, everything is are their your neighbors and you have to take care of them. MashaAllah. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Assalamu alaikum.